Welcome to another NAC podcast. This podcast is jointly produced by NAC, the National Association for Home Care and Hospice, and HHFMA. Welcome, everyone. My name is Carissa McKenna. I'm a registered nurse and senior clinical consulting manager with McBee. I'm here today with Connie Evans, also a registered nurse who's the vice president of home health and hospice for Knute Nelson. We're here today on behalf of the Home Care and Hospice Financial Managers Association, or HHFMA, and the Innovations Committee to discuss the recent changes to the Medicare Home Infusion Therapy Benefit and its impact on home health providers. Just as a refresher to our listeners, the Medicare Home Infusion Therapy Benefit was revised in January of 2021 as required by the 21st Century Cures Act. This new Medicare Home Infusion Therapy Services Benefit covers the professional services, so that includes your nursing services that are furnished in accordance with a home infusion therapy plan of care as well as patient training and education, remote monitoring, and and things of of that nature in the provision of home infusion therapy drugs furnished by a qualified home infusion therapy supplier. This only applies to certain Medicare Part B home infusion therapy drugs that are administered via a pump, but these services are billed and reimbursed completely separately from home health services. So as a result, home health organizations were faced with a decision, either seek to become a qualified home infusion therapy supplier under Medicare, or partner with a home infusion therapy supplier to contract out the necessary professional services. So Connie, our approach to this interview process was really to kind of get a feel for operationally what providers needed to do to prepare for this change within the the home infusion therapy benefit and also determining factors in their decision to either become a home infusion therapy provider or um, to just partner with someone who was already providing that service and was accredited. You interviewed two home health agencies who elected not to enroll as a home infusion therapy provider, one being larger and one being a smaller agency. Yes, that's correct. And Krista, you interviewed two home health providers, one small agency who elected to enroll as a home infusion therapy provider and one large agency with an already existing home infusion therapy provider partnership. Yes. And I believe that the differences that we found between the larger and smaller agencies who elected to participate in the new home infusion therapy benefit program was pretty interesting. Wouldn't you say, Connie? Yes, it was definitely interesting. When we interviewed the smaller agency, they said that they had elected to enroll as a home infusion therapy provider to be ready and to give the agency the potential to expand payment for services rendered under Part B if the agency was asked to provide services related to one of the drugs listed on the Part B list. As we continued our interview with them, we found that the smaller agency had not yet had any patients referred to them with the need for this Part B home infusion therapy coverage. They also reported having no real challenges or the need for additional preparation since their home health record was already able to separate their billing for home infusion therapy from traditional home health nursing visits. And when we interviewed the larger agency, 
their parent organization already had a registered home infusion therapy supplier with whom the organization was able to partner with. And the larger agency also said that they had chosen to partner to provide Part B home infusion therapy services in order to better serve their community. They said that they realized that many of their competitors were not participating with home infusion therapy suppliers in the home infusion therapy supplier benefit because of the low reimbursement potential compared to the labor cost required to provide care. This agency has had patients on service under the new home infusion therapy benefit, and they did report facing some challenges. Yes, they did. They shared with us that there were several steps that they needed to take to prepare, including a new creating a new service line within their EMR, which was completely separate from home health. The reason for this was because of the need to ensure that the billing of services and the plans of care for home health and the home infusion therapy supplier benefits were kept separate. And did they say why the plans of care and the billing needed to be separate? Yes, they said that this was because of limitations within their EMR system. The system would not allow a home health and home infusion therapy supplier plan of care to exist together in one medical record. So essentially a patient who was receiving skilled home health services and home infusion therapy supplier benefit services had to have two separate medical records within their EMR system. Wow, and they had other challenges as well. They told us that their home infusion therapy supplier initially had challenges billing Medicare. They were receiving rejections for the first billing submissions because Medicare hadn't yet streamlined their claims processing. They did tell us that this issue had since been resolved. They said that their biggest challenge is still related to the two separate medical records that are required by their med uh, EMR for patients receiving both home health and home infusion therapy services concurrently. Home visits made to patients receiving both services require two separate point of care visits for documentation. Meaning the home health nursing visit notes cannot be combined with the home infusion therapy visit notes, right? Yes, that's correct. The home infusion therapy benefit requires the services to be rendered separately from one another with separate timestamps for each type of visit. This is because they are being paid for separately. Home health falls under PDGM, the patient-driven groupings model, under that payment, while the home infusion therapy is a separately paid Medicare benefit. The organizations also had some differences they reported when it came to staff preparation for the changes as well, didn't they, Connie? Yes, they did. One important difference between the two agencies, aside from their size, was the fact that they were using two different EMRs. The smaller agency indicated that they did not experience challenges with their EMR and that most of the preparation was simply related to changes to their billing process. They said that they already had a specialty services team and that team just needed to have a clear understanding of the new billing process. They needed to adjust their communication process to the traditional home health side of the business if a patient were to also be receiving any Part B home infusion therapy services. The larger agency, however, told us about the challenges they faced within their EMR. They had more preparation to do with their staff because of the change in regulation and the changes required by their EMR. Once they split the service lines, they had to outline an education plan and develop education for their leadership at each of their locations on the home infusion therapy process, including the need for two different medical records and separate visit notes. 
they did record their education presentations so that they could have them for reference for an ongoing basis. After that, they had to train their intake team and home infusion therapy nurses on this process. They developed some quick reference guides to help them with this. Their final step was to maintain education and auditing of the home infusion therapy supplier benefit charting to ensure compliance, which they plan to continue on an ongoing basis. Something that I found interesting, Connie, was the large agency you interviewed mentioned that they felt that if they had enrolled as a home infusion therapy provider, there would have been many challenges, including demonstrating a separation of nursing services, having separate clinician records, and separate policies. They also mentioned that to them, a benefit of not enrolling as a home infusion therapy provider was saving resources that would have been involved in creating a new or separate business unit. The smaller organization you interviewed also shared that a benefit of not enrolling was not having to change their operations or pursue accreditation. And they added that if they were to pursue the benefit, they would have needed to create a new business line to accommodate the requirements. Yes, they did say that. And it seems that their thoughts were accurate when we compare the responses from the two agencies that you interviewed who had decided to move forward with the participation as home infusion therapy providers. My thoughts exactly. Another thing that stood out was that both the large and small agencies you interviewed reported essentially the same reasons for not enrolling as home infusion therapy providers. They both indicated that they chose not to enroll because they saw a low demand in their service area for the Part B medications included within the benefit. They both also reported having good relationships with companies that can and do provide these medications, and both organizations reported experiencing no challenges or changes to operations since the change in the benefit. That's right. They both had very similar reasons for not enrolling and no challenges reported. So both organizations did report providing some preparation for the change in benefit. The larger organization reported that the director contacted the home infusion therapy companies they work with to ensure that there were no changes that they needed to make to continue to work with them. They shared that they do continue to monitor the status of their contracts with these companies and they will renew them when needed. The smaller agency, however, reported that in preparation, they provided education to both their managers and authorization team on the new benefit. So I would say that based on our interviews, the main points to consider if you're thinking about what you need to do for your organization with regard to home infusion therapy is, is there a demand for the specific home infusion therapy Part B drugs in your service area? Do you have a strong strategic partnership with an already existing qualified accredited home infusion therapy supplier in your area? And what is required from your EMR in order to accommodate a successful transition to a home infusion therapy program within your organization? What about you, Connie? What are your key takeaways from our interviews? I would agree. The decision whether to enroll as a home infusion therapy Part B provider depends on what the need is within the agency's service area. It is also dependent on the agency's ability to take on the additional workload that falls on the billing team to separate out the home infusion therapy Part B provider services from the traditional home health services. At the end of the day, I believe this choice to enroll in the home infusion therapy Part B benefit is going to vary from agency to agency. Absolutely. I expect that the benefit will continue to evolve as time goes on. 
agencies should monitor the changes that are made in the final rule each year to help them continue to make informed decisions about their participation. And as the benefit evolves, so might the provider's decision to enroll as a home infusion therapy provider. Well, thank you for joining us for our podcast. We have a lot of excellent education planned for 2022, which will be brought to you by NOC and the HHFMA Innovations Committee. So please keep your eye out for some upcoming educational opportunities. Thank you for listening to another NAC podcast. For more information, go to our website at NAC.org, N-A-H-C dot O-R-G.